0: May God bless you as you watch this week's message.
1: And I Your name, the name that so. Be lifted up. Be lifted up. Be lifted higher. Be lifted up. Be lifted higher. And I sing free. So
2: Just reading those words. Uh, Your name is life. Your hope inside me. And it so, so coincides with uh, this morning in prayer. Just feel you know, like God has, God has things for us. We're here to minister to him, but he's here always to minister to us. And if I have a word for some for maybe multiple people out there, it is, is if, if you felt a darkness that's been residing over you, a heaviness that does not seem to lift. Today is the day of release. Today is the day of release. Today is the day that the light of Jesus will come bursting through into the very center of your being because your name is life. Your name is hope. Your name is hope. Your name is life. And as we spend this next season worshiping God, if this is you, Or if there's somebody you know, you can reach out on their behalf. Lift up your heart and your hands and reach out to God to let His Spirit free you and restore you. The answer that you have been seeking is found.
0: about the importance of prayer. And some of you are probably thinking, "Oh crap, I should have stayed at home today. I knew it. I knew it." But I want to talk about the importance of prayer. I want to talk about the, the power that is behind this very critical tool that God has given the church called prayer. Now, I would say that probably the first thing, the the first order of business for us post-COVID was, and I couldn't wait about it, was like, let's reopen the prayer room. It was the first thing. Before we went into weekly services, uh, before we did anything else, We thought we need to get back into into a posture as a church that welcomes the presence of God. And what better way to do that than in prayer? We pray. We get in tune with the Lord. And so our desire as a church here at MCC uh, is really to, to do more than just get together and pray, right? We want to more than just call a prayer service, or as we say, you know, we have multiple ways that we get together and pray, right? And if you didn't know about it, I just want to remind us that we come together on Wednesday morning at 6.30. It's early. I know. Believe me, I know. We, my wife and I, are here every single Wednesday morning unless we're out of town, and we do it because we love it. Not because we have to, because we're your senior leaders, but because we love to pray together. Amen. So I do feel five o'clock when it comes on Wednesday morning. I promise you I do. Uh, but we realize the importance, we come together. Uh, on Sunday morning, as a church, and we pray from 8:45 until 9:30, and it's usually a beautiful, wonderful, sweet time. I encourage you guys to come once a month, as we just did this past Wednesday. We come together and we do what we call seeking prayer, which is a time of reflective. and And we just kind of like put some songs and music on, and we just sit in the presence of the Lord. We ask Him to come. We ask Him to speak. To our hearts. We take the time to pause and not do anything else, not pray out loud. We do some of that at the end. We kind of like break it in half, and we do half, you know, of, of that time is reflective prayer, and then half of it is, you know, getting together and pray for one another. The young adults get together and they they pray. We we really want what we do as a church to be bathed and soaked in prayer. We're doing more than just get together and doing these things. We really want to build a culture of prayer in our church. And I know that you're probably thinking, wow, that's, that's not, uh, you know, marketing strategists say that in order to grow a church, you ought to stay away from prayer. Thank God that we are not following marketing strategists. Uh, And and you know what? The heart of God is what we want to follow after. We just want to get into the heart of God. We really desire that all of the activities that we do as a church be conformed and confirmed by God in a prayer room and not in a boardroom. Unfortunately and sadly, more of our decisions today as churches in general are made in boardrooms rather than the prayer room. The title of my message today is, He Bends Down to Listen. He Bends Down to Listen. And our text today is an illustration of of a Jewish way of writing. It's a Jewish literary style. And and I want to emphasize how that is in so many ways, so different from the way that we understand scriptures and the way that we explain scripture. You know, in English uh, literature, in English uh, conversations. We typically begin the story by telling the listener all of the events and then we get to the end, the conclusion, the punchline, right? You know, when I went to, to seminary, they said you start with the introduction, then you have the body of the message, and then you have the conclusion. Well, you know what? In Jewish literary literary style, it's a little bit different. In fact, it's the complete opposite. And we're going to see it in our text. You know, you meet somebody You know, and you tell them how are you doing, and they tell you, "Oh man, I've had just a what a week. I mean, you know, work was crazy, and I went home. The kids were all sick, and oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm just so thankful." And and you know, and then I, you know, I was having that problem. Remember that problem that I was having? I was telling about last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that you know, I've been praying and praying and praying. Finally, the answer came. God is so good. In Jewish writings, it's the opposite. That I just gave you an illustration of how we talk, right? Now, let's see what David did in our text. In Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. This illustrates perfectly how different the Scripture thinks of or expresses concepts than we do. And so David starts this psalm with these words. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen. I will pray him. I will pray as long as I have breath. Because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. And then David proceeds in that psalm, and he gives us a list of things that have been going on in his life, a a, a bunch of stuff that went on. But this psalm is just so unlike anything that we ever do as believers. We never go to God and say, oh God, I love you. Oh God, please, I pray that you would help me get a better job. Father, I ask you that you touch this and you touch my husband and my wife and my children. And Lord, I pray for my co-workers. And we go with a laundry list of things that we want to present before God rather than beginning with the expression of gratitude and thankfulness to God. Now, Psalm 116 is a psalm that is part of a greater collection of psalms that actually runs from Psalm 113 to 118. And they're called the Egyptian praise or the Egyptian halal. Halal is a word from where we we get hallelujah, which means praise the Lord. And so the word halal, Egyptian halal, is this number of psalms that are grouped together. And actually scholars believe that Jesus in the upper room just prior to, um, uh, to the crucifixion where he gathered together with the disciples, he actually recited this very psalm as part of the recital of that time when they would pray and ask the Lord to bless the Passover and the Passover celebration. Now recently, I was speaking to a friend of mine, a missionary, and, he, and we were talking about the importance of prayer and how it is so critical that in these days in which we find ourselves in, that we give ourselves to, uh, to really, truly getting into a heart of prayer. And he said this to me. He says, you know, David, he said, uh, he said I've come to realize this, that, that God is going to touch his people when it comes to prayer. You know, sometimes it's hard because we look around the prayer room and we say, where are God's people? Where is everybody? These, these places should be packed with people that love the Lord. Why is that? You know what he said to me? He says, you know what, I, I, I believe this. And he says, the Lord <clears throat> spoke to my heart that the prayer rooms are going to be filled. The churches are going to be filled not because people listen to our, our encouragements. And I, I do wish that people would hear our encouragements, mind you. But it says it's going to happen when times are hard and difficulties arise. And then people run into the prayer rooms. And they run to the presence of God. Today is 9-11. You remember what happened on 9-11, right after 9-11. Churches were teeming. People were getting in line to get back into the presence of God because there was such a heart and need, a desire, a passion to get back into the presence of God. Friends, the responsibility is on us. Each and every one of us has to respond to his calling. I I believe that in the world in which we live in today, we will not survive without having a posture, an attitude, and a heart for prayer. Now, if you think that you are fine the way you are, and you don't need prayer, you don't need to go before God in your life, perhaps you are reading a different Bible than I am, I'm not sure, Perhaps you've bought into a humanistic philosophy that is both individualistic for your own good, but also devoid of anything that is part of the heart of God and of God Himself. I believe that we must step up both our level and our commitment to prayer. We've got to step it up. We've got to do better. We have got to desire more of that in our lives. Praying for our children praying for our marriages, praying for our schools and our neighbors, praying for our church leaders and our church. Praying for revival. We heard it from Walton before. Revival of our hearts. Revival in our families. Within our families. And it will be passion and desire to follow after God. Revival in our school system. Revival in our world. We need more of God. From every age group. From the baby boomers to Generation Z. I was telling somebody today. I believe that this next generation. Generation Z as they're calling it. Is going to be a great generation. That God is going to touch. Their lives and God is going to ordain great things and use them to do great things. You know why? Because they don't buy any of this religious beauty crap stuff. They want reality. I want reality. I want God in its form, in its purest form, based on what the Word of God declares and not just a bunch of nonsense. All of us need to fall in love with Jesus more and more every day. Just like you cannot live in your home with your spouse and have a communication or a conversation once in every blue moon, <laughs> you will not be together very long. If there's no communication in a, in a, in a household between spouses, that's just not, that's not a good way to live your life as a couple. It's just much the same way for us spiritually, guys. If we don't take the time, so I know some of us will say, well, I just pray in the morning when I go to work. It's great. It's great. It is great. But believe me, it is great. Pray for your meal, your, you know, and you just bless the Lord. It's great. We need to be in an attitude of prayer. The great watchman knee who was a man dedicated to prayer, he said that he would pray 24 hours a day. He said, how do you do that? He says, I'm always in fellowship and communion with Him. I'm always talking to God. I think that that is powerful. That's important. But we also need to set aside times dedicated to what we call prayer. And you know what? We, um, oh man, I wish I had an hour to talk about this, is I'm very passionate about prayer. But, uh, you know, we the Bible talks about, and we translate the word you, right, Y-O-U, in individually most of the times for us. We read the Bible, and we read it, and it says, well, you have to do this, and we take it personally. Okay, yeah, I have to do that. Uh, You have to pray. Oh, yeah, I pray. You know, and so we go to God, and we pray in the morning, and that's great. That's fantastic. But you know the you in English means you individually, and it means you, all of you right? Corporately. And we have kind of like taken the you to only mean, you know, individually for me, you got to do it. I'm, I'm praying. I'm not saying that praying by yourself is wrong. But there is a power behind the corporate gathering of prayer. The you meaning all of us coming together. You can worship until you're blue in the face. And we could have the. which, by the way, we have an awesome team, band, worship team. We're so thankful for all of them, their dedication every single week, all the time they put into that, right? You could have the worst possible band, someone singing out of tune, and you can have more worship with that person together than you can and will ever at home alone. There's something powerful about the power of corporate worship. I wish I could expound on that a little bit more. We live in a world where we have got to bake everything inside of prayer. When you look around and you see there are woke ideologies that are replacing the truth of God's word with lies and deception, and that, in so many ways, it's happening in the church as well. I recently heard of a Methodist church that, here in the city, where the pastor said, I'm getting out. He says, why are you getting out? Because the Methodist church is embracing all sorts of stuff now. And so for them, there is, you know, I don't know how many genders there are now, but let's just say there are many. And uh, he says, I still believe that God said that a man and a woman get married and they form a family, right? That God created them male and female. And so there's so much confusion, confusion. We must return to the discarded truth of God's word. And prayer is the key that I believe unlocks the blessings of God. And you might be saying, David, you're so old-fashioned. God unlocks his blessings in so many ways. Yes, he does. But prayer is that very key that we have got to put into that door to open the blessings of God. Being a follower of Jesus these days, we might be labeled weird. We might be label, labeled old-fashioned. So then what is the answer? Is the answer to become like everyone else? No. To sort of give in to culture? And not do the very things that the heart of God is propelling us to do? We must stand on the truth of the Word of God that says that prayer is the key. That unlocks God's blessings and doors in our lives, our hearts, our families. Prayer and the Word of God, friends, are catalysts to our survival as individuals and as a church collectively. We we must know more about God and about prayer and about the heart of the Father than anything else. Jesus spent most of his time, early morning, the Bible says, every day he'd get up and he would get away with his father. But let me go to these two verses today. There's so a couple of things that I want to highlight. The first thing is that God sees you and he hears you. God sees you and he hears you. Now, Psalm 16 as I mentioned before, starts with this declaration of the heart of David. I love you. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Now, I don't know what circumstances David had gone through specifically. I don't know the details of his struggles and his trials. You may be going through difficulties and circumstances and trials right now. You know, this morning as I was praying before coming to church, uh, the Lord showed me these heavy, heavy rocks, stones that are like massive, that those are problems that we carry so often into the house of God. And I read a scripture from uh, earlier in, in the prayer team, in the prayer room. From Mark chapter 16, where the women decided the next day after Jesus was crucified, they decided to go to the tomb and they saw that big stone and they asked themselves the question who will roll the stone away? I believe that in our lives, there are issues and circumstances that we're going through that it literally feels the same way as those women felt that day. Who is going to take this problem? How am I going to get out of this mess? How am I ever going to get ahead? Why are all the, 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 the issues of life over my shoulder? Why is my child acting this way? Why am I going through this sickness? Why do I have financial difficulties and I've had them all my life? Friends, the answer is not in finding a reason why in a human From a human standpoint, the answer is to trust in a God who can roll away the stone. And the angel that day just went like that, and the stone rolled away. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that today there are many of us that are going through circumstances that are really difficult. We feel the weight of the world on our shoulders. You feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. And it's hard. I know it is. But I want you to know that God so loves you and he's concerned with you. With you. Not with the person next to you. He's concerned with you. And he wants to be the answer that you need if you just learn to go to him and not strategize and not look for the latest answers that you can find in books and other sources. God wants to be that source for your life. I want you to know that God sees you. He sees you. He sees you every step of the way. He sees every morning when you wake up and you wish he didn't have to. And he sees the difficulties and he hears your cry. He hears your cry for Mercy. You know what's beautiful here is that <clears throat> in the Psalm David says, "I love the Lord because He hears my voice." Isn't that incredible, did God, the God of the universe, hears your voice? How many billion people are we on the planet? About eight billion, I think. Now, He hears your voice. He hears your voice, Jonathan. He hears your voice, Ronnie. He hears your voice, Cameron. He hears your voice. That's incredible. You can't undermine the value that God places on you. We read it earlier in Psalm 116 that You know how many thoughts God has for you and me? As many as the sand of the sea. Picture that for a moment. As much sand as there is in this this planet, God has that many thoughts and more for you, for me, individually. It is mind-boggling. More than that, he sees us. He sees us in the midst of a crowd. You don't have to feel like Waldo. Exactly the same like everybody else. Mixed in the crowd. No, God spots you right out. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly all those issues that you are facing. And he wants to be there in your life. God wants to partner with us, and I love that. He wants to partner in our difficulties with each and every one of us. He wants to be involved in our lives. Remember the prodigal son? He went off. He did his thing. And yet, who was waiting for him? His father. And that's a picture of our heavenly father who waits for us with arms open wide, stretched wide open. Now, I'm sure that when that man, the prodigal son, went back into his father's arms, he stunk. He had just been with pigs, feeding pigs, wishing that he could have some of that feed that he was giving pigs. I'm sure that he was smelly. There was no shower back then, no soap, no dove, just the Holy Spirit. But he ran to his son. And the father says that he took off his robe. He gave, actually the scripture says that he gave his son the best robe. What's the best robe? It was the father's robe. The father had the best. He was the boss. He gave him the very best. Best that he had, he put on his son his own identity. He says, look, you're my son. It doesn't matter how stinky you are. And you know what? It doesn't matter all of the things that we have done and how stinky we are when we come come into God's presence on Sunday morning. This is the place of redemption. This is the place, as Keith encouraged us earlier today, in his presence. It's a place of transformation and healing. God's arms are open wide because he sees you and he hears you. But also, there's a progression in these verses. Because in verse 2, the first part of it, it says, because he bends down to listen. He bends down to listen. There is such incredible intentionality in God Just amazing intentionality because he is loving and he is caring and he is perfect in both job uh, responsibilities. If that's his responsibility and that's his job, he does it perfectly. He hears and he carefully pays attention to every word that we say. In the natural, when you don't have a good hearing, you have to... Position yourself sometimes in a way. You know, if the left ear is a little stronger than the right, you just, you know, you kind of like twist your head a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what I'm talking about because I have that difficulty, unfortunately. I spent way too many years on stage leading worship without in-ear, you know, headsets and all the technology that we have today. I had like monitoring Monitors in front of me blasting, and and you know, oftentimes it's like I can hear more, I'm more piano, more piano. so it gets louder and louder. And I, and that's really messed with my hearing over the years. And so, I know what it feels like to have to like bend down to position to posture yourself so that you can hear what's being said. You know, what in some in Isaiah 66 and verse one, I believe it says that. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Now, think about that for a moment. God's throne is heaven and the earth is his footstool. I want you to picture it as much as you can with your limited mindset that God is bending down, to listen, because he has to, to listen to your prayer. He is picking you out of eight billion people on this planet to hear you. He is bending down to say, "Oh, wait wait, wait a second, wait a second. I, I hear Kim praying. What's she saying? Oh. Oh, Blake, Blake, he's praying. Oh, yeah. I love it when he worships me. Oh. Oh, yeah. I hear Randy praying. The Bible says that he knows us by name. He knows you by, excuse me, by name. And then he says, child, you are mine. I know you by name. He knows each and every one of us by name. I'm so thankful. The intentionality of our God just amazes me. He leans in to hear what you have to say. I was talking to a friend just recently. We were talking about how God hears our prayers not only does he hear our prayers, but he hears our groanings, our sighs. He hears those too. And he was telling me, he was showing me in his book that he has a page and a half of what he calls breath prayers. There are three three second prayers, and he didn't know that as we were talking. There was a confirmation for me for this sermon: three second prayers. To speak identity into your life. And to speak God into your life. You know what? We need books of those little three second prayers. We need need to know that God leans in to hear those breath prayers. Those moments when we go up to him. Listen to what Revelation chapter 8 verses 3 and 4 say about our prayers. Then another angel with a gold incense, incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. Do you realize that your prayers are offered as as an offering before the throne? The smoke and the incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascended to God. From the altar where the angels had poured them out. You say, Is God hearing my prayers? Oh, you betcha he is. He is collecting all those prayers, and at the right time, the angels of the Lord pour them before the Father as an offering. Look, Daddy, Father, here are the prayers. The prayers. The prayers that Nilo and Jennifer and, and others and so many of us, all of us, have poured before the Father. He hears those prayers. Yeah, yeah. They are accounted for in before, before the very throne of God. They're presented before him. Friends, prayer is key, is vital. But let me just say this. That just because God hears our prayers, it doesn't mean that he's going to give us everything that we pray for. Right. And that's a hard truth. Because we wish that we got everything that we prayed for. I do. And if you're just standing there and you say, well, it's not me. I don't wish that. Well, you're just full of it. Because <laughs> you can't tell me that you don't want everything you pray for. I do. Does anybody no come down and slap you right now. No, no just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Prayer is not God's fortune cookie for your day. He is going to bless you. Yes. Flip it over. Here's my winning lotto ticket number. Yes! I wish it were that simple. I wish it were like that. Unfortunately, it's not. Friends, we can't reduce prayer to our wish list. We cannot reduce prayer to just a set of things that we just want to ask God for. It's not the only thing. And yet, even through our propensity to just want things and ask for things, God still bends down to listen. What an incredible grace that God has given us. Can you just say thank you, Lord, for that grace? I mean, what an incredible grace. Now, here's a few things that I've learned about hearing God in prayer. First of all, I think he's a loving father. He takes time whenever, whenever we pray when we don't know what to pray for, when we're confused about life, God takes time because He's a loving Father. He pays attention to every word that I say. And He pays attention to every word that you say, which means that watch what you pray for. Watch what you pray for. There are no prayers that are off-limits to God. He say, I can ask for anything, yes. He says that if we ask for anything in his name, that he would do it. That's what the Word of God says. So if he says that I believe it, that settles it. There are no prayers that are off-limits to God. Like a father to a child, God bends low in response to our identity as sons and daughters. He is not just going to listen to, you know, to, he listens to prayers. He listens to cries. But he's just not going to listen to a bunch of complainers that don't know him. There's something beautiful about the father bending down to listen to a child. For you who are Parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes the little talk comes to you, and you don't know exactly what they're saying. Whatever, and 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 you know, sometimes I picture that God bends down and says, "What in the world is he saying?" Oh yeah, I know his heart. I got it. I got you covered. That is our God, and that is our identity. We're His kids. He listens. Another thing that I learned about God is that God bending down to listen to my prayer displays his compassionate nature. There's so much compassion in God because he doesn't want to leave us in our own state of sometimes confusion and, and just being miserable about the things of life. He is there. I don't know why I'm saying this, but this is for somebody in this place. For, for a woman, particularly. That God hears your prayer about your husband. He hears your frustrations, sometimes. Sometimes prayers go up as frustrations. Like, God, I wish you would change him. <clears throat> I want you to know that God is hearing that. God hears God hears he listens because he cares and he understands you know in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 I don't think we have the scripture here but it says that it, it talks about our high priest Jesus who walked where we have walked He's been there where we have the same path that we're walking in. He has walked in. He has gone through numerous times, rejection and things and so on, that we have walked in and we are walking in. We do not have a high priest who is completely unfazed by our circumstances. He loves to hear when we pray. In fact, more than that, he bends down. To listen, he bends down to listen. The great God of the universe bends down to listen to you and me. Let me conclude with this. I think at times when we pray our prayers, we pray prayers in faith, and at times not so much. At times, our faith is the faith of a giant that can slay a Goliath. But at times, our faith is just insignificant and almost unseen. We don't really believe that God can answer our prayers. Therefore, why even pray them? Some of us, unfortunately, have elevated our experience above our level of faith. I'm going to say that again we have elevated our experience above our level of faith. This is a setup for failure when it comes to praying and believing God to move in our lives. Anytime we elevate our human experiences and our disappointments and the things that we go through above the truth of who God is, it is a failure, it's a setup for failure for us. This morning, I want to tell you, don't let your disappointments dictate whether your prayer life should be strong or not. Let God take you to higher heights in communion with him. In communion with him. The second part of that verse in Psalm 116, verse 2 that we read says that because he bends down to listen, David said... I will pray as long as I have breath. I'm going to pray as long as I live. There's nothing that's going to stop me. There's nothing that's going to hinder me. There's nothing that's going to get in my way of getting to the Father because he bends down to listen to me. I want you to know that David concluded this, and he said something that's very, I missed it until just yesterday as I read the scripture again and again and again. You look at it with me because he bends down to listen i will pray as long as i I have breath does it say because because he bends down to listen and answer my prayers does it say because he bends down to and has answered all my prayers because god no that is how you see when someone is truly in love with God because it is not. we're not going to God just because we're going to get something. And it's like, oh, because God, you have listened to every prayer that I have prayed and you have done everything that I've asked for. Oh, thank you. I will praise you and I will pray as long as I have breath. How amazing. Yes, he's never going to let me go down by myself. He's always going to be there. He's going to give me everything that I want for he's already done it yay I'm not saying that God will not give us what we're praying for but the reality is that David's love was on it's it basically undifferentiated from the fact that his prayers were answered or not he just loved God with all of his heart And because he knew that God was even just the knowledge that God was listening to him, it meant for him, I am going to keep on praying and I'm never going to stop. If I talk to my parents or you talk to your parents or I speak to my wife only once a week, two, three times a week, that's not going to be a very healthy marriage. That's not the way it works. So today I'm challenging us to believe that prayer is more than getting. I believe that prayer is giving. It's giving. It's getting in conversation with God. It is getting into communication with God. And as we make our prayers and our requests known to him, we know and believe that God hears us because there's nothing impossible for God. There's nothing impossible for him. There's nothing that he cannot do. We bring our requests in faith, believing that he can. And and we wait and I know that some of us have been waiting. Some of us have been waiting long but I'm telling you today guys don't get discouraged. Don't lose heart. Don't let the enemy get you in a in a in a in a deception that God has abandoned you. That God has forgotten you. That God is not paying attention to you. He is paying attention to you. He loves you. He is hearing every single word that you pray for and every time you go into your closet or in your room and you cry those tears. God hears them and sees them. He sees you in the midst of a crowd. He sees you and he sees me. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.